Hey, I'm Andy Chanley from 88.5 FM, and this is an 88.5 Live at Home with Katie Tupin, who joins us now. Hey, Katie. Hey there. How are you doing? Doing great. Good to have you with me. Uh, a couple of things to get out of the way. First of all, I want to let people know that this is brought to you by California State University Northridge and Saddleback College. The new album of Katie's is called Little Heart. comes out on July 9th. You can uh, pre-order it now. And the new single, Astronaut, which you've no doubt heard on 88.5 FM for the last couple of months, uh, has been spinning. Now, at the end of this, you notice I called this a live at home and not just a here at home. She's actually going to perform for you, do uh, three songs for you. Can't wait for that. Thank you so much. Um, and that's uh, exclusive here just for uh, 88.5 listeners or viewers, I guess. Um but to start off with, uh, many people know you from the band uh, Houndmouth, which came together in Southern Indiana. I'm from Greenwood, Indiana. Uh, oh, where, where, where are you Wait. from? Indiana or, or, or Kentucky? Indi Indiana, but you know, it's right. It's New Albany, Indiana, is literally a suburb of Louisville, Kentucky. It's yeah. a, a river separates the two, so you know, it's yes, I, cl I claim both. There are many jokes about the two states. Uh, oh yeah, there's the you know the sunny side, and there's this whole rivalry kind of, but you know, uh, uh, <laughs> Kentuckians were throwing dynamite across the river at the uh, at the Hoosiers, and the yeah, Ho yeah, Hoosiers were lighting it, throwing it back, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah my, my dad's from uh, down there in uh, a Bird's Eye, or, or was, and my mom was from uh, Dubois. Spent a lot of time down there in. in uh, the southern third of, of Indiana. Uh, and you spent some time in, in LA. I guess you're in Lexington now. Uh, big difference between between Southern Indiana, Northern Kentucky, and, and, and Southern California. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I started touring when I was 20. And um, and so I left Southern Indiana for nine months out of the year for five years. And um, and LA, every time I would hit LA it would grow on me a little bit more. Cause like all of like Midwesterners and like Southerners at first, like don't get LA. And I was totally in that category. But then every time I'd go back, I'd be like, Oh, Oh, I kind of get it. Oh, I kind of get it. And then by the fourth or fifth time I went out there, I was just totally in love with LA and knew I wanted to eventually move there, but it was just really hard while being in the band because we all needed to be together. And everybody was very interested in like staying in, New Albany, Indiana, except for me. And so um, when I left the band, I had the perfect opportunity to, you know, move out there for a while. Yeah, it's, uh, it's totally different. And it's hard to describe the place. But what I think makes it uh, uh, such a, an attainable adjustment is that nobody here is from here. <laughs> you know, yeah, everybody's from somewhere else. And you know what I tell people, uh, there's an optimism, and like a hopefulness that exists there. And, um, and there's so many dreamers that live there and it's just this sort of like conglomerate of like people that don't fit in, in the towns that they came from. And it's awesome that way. I mean, I love LA. I just showed you, I have a, I have a, I, I have a poster on my wall of LA. I mean, like I love LA. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Cause uh, when I first moved out here tw like 24 years ago, uh, people said, uh, I'll, I'll see, we'll see you in six months. You'll, you'll get, you'll, you'll get, oh, yeah. you get jaded and you come back. We'll see you in six months and 24 years uh, later uh, here I, I am. Uh, but I think that, you know, you can find good people anywhere you go. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, when, when everything kind of, when all the COVID stuff happened, I, um, I was on the road 
and it all kind of, I was like, okay, well, you know, it's, I don't really want to move out to LA or go back out to LA right now because, um, you know, I'd rather be with my family and this is all really weird. And, uh, all my stuff was in storage at the time in LA. So it was like, all right, I'll just like stay with my mom for a month. Well, a month turned into, I'm at my mom's house now for like four months. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I just like need to get a place here. So it's just been this like kind of, I wouldn't have necessarily chosen to be here in Lexington, Kentucky. However, it's been a really nice place to be during this crazy time. Like I, I'm, uh, it's, it's just a lot easier living than LA. Yeah, it's not that big of an I mean, Lexington and Louisville and Cincinnati are all with like a, in a hundred miles of each other, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all you know within an hour. Yeah, it's grown up yeah. a bit over the last uh, and it's years. about three three hours from Nashville, which I've been going and commuting and working a lot in Nashville too. So that's where you record the, best. the album, right? That is that's so that's where I recorded Little Heart, and that is um. So I met Jeremy Ferguson, who is the engineer um, for all the newer Cage the Elephant stuff. And yeah. he's just so awesome. And- um, He got a Grammy for it, didn't he? He sure did. <laughs> and he, he, he deserves- Every chance he gets, no. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it, man. Um, you know, it's really good to see like good people with good quality work, like getting recognized for what they're doing. And um, that's how I feel about all the Cage the Elephant stuff and Jeremy and anyway, so, uh, so I met him and he just, um, you know, that's been a huge process for me uh, during this solo period is finding people to collaborate with. Because when I was in Houndmouth, I literally played with those guys, at least Matt from Houndmouth, since I was 17. I never played with other people. I didn't, I, I was like terrified to play with other people. And so, or like collaborate with other people or, and then I had to, you know, build that confidence to say like, okay, I can go in a room with a bunch of guys and I don't know and tell them what I want them to do, you know? And, and it's been a long process, but um, throughout the four years, I've only found two or three engineers that, that like, I feel like I get and they get me. And Jeremy is, Jeremy is one of those people. Well, on this new album, um, well, the song Astronaut, uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. It's kind of funny. Um, you sing, when I grow up, I want to be an astronaut, which for the last 50 to 55 years has been, you know, this accepted construct of, of, of childhood wistfulness of this, you know, pie in the sky dream. But now we've got uh, Amazon billionaire Jeff Bezos uh, going to <laughs> the space, got Elon Musk and uh, Richard Branson, all of these guys who are growing up and finally becoming an astronaut. It's kind of funny to me that it's become uh, so much more uh, a possibility and fantasy right and I didn't even really consider that even like when I was writing the song it was like we've been talking about it but like now it's happening um so I wrote the song uh in the first few months of of lockdown when I was in my mom at my mom's house and I was um you know it, it was writing a song in my mom's basement and all my niece's toys were around me and I was like at my mom's I felt like a child Okay. I just felt like a kid again, but in a really nice way, it was, uh, and I sort of, I sort of keep, I keep saying this is that, is that the older I get, the more I, I want to reconnect with that person that I was when I was a little kid and like the purity and like wholesomeness and like truth behind that person. Um, I think all of our teens and twenties were like trying to like get away and like, you know, be a grown up, and then you, you are, and then it's not that great. 
<laughs> you just want to be that little kid again. So I think, so the whole album and, and especially Astronaut is about reconnecting with that inner child. And it's, you know, it's clearly resonates with a lot of people that, that concept. And the song ghost too, the video for it, it, you know, there's a ghost in it, but it's not, it's not the, uh, you know, the ghost from, um, uh, paranormal activity or uh, poltergeist. It's the one Charlie Brown who got a rock. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's all playful, you know. And I think I think that um, you know, it's been a progression of growth for me since I left the band. Of okay, let's make a record. Okay, Katie, you can produce your own record. You made magnetic moves. Okay, and then and then the voice of this isn't cool. This isn't good enough. It keeps going away further and further, and I keep reconnecting more and more with. Uh, the artist that I am without all these sort of chatty voices um, telling me this is good or this is bad or this is right or this is wrong, you know? And, and, um, and I, I'm, I'm so in love with this little, this little album, little heart, because it, it, it shows that. Uh, and I'm, I'm so proud of it. That's neat that you're, you're ignoring the the small voices and, and listening to the big voice. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, speaking of that, the music that you're making now and the music that you made, um, over the past couple of albums is uh, there's some distance between what you did with Houndmouth and, and this. Um, what percentage of it is uh, you know, the true sound of an autonomous Katie Tupin and, and uh, what percentage percentage of it is you wanting to put some distance between what you do mm -hmm. as a solo artist and, and that uh, uh, other band? I would imagine that the distance is, is uh, getting bigger and your the percentage is much more uh, your your true voice and, and the muse that you want to follow. I mean, I think you're, you're probably right. And I would have to probably reflect on that question for a while. Um, but, you know, my knee jerk reaction to that question is, it's all me, you know, like the Moroccan ballroom live album is, was 100% me at that time, you know, and those songs were because, um, and then, you know, the Houndmouth stuff, like at that time, that was me, you know, I was, I was one fourth of a band and, um, other people's opinions had to really matter. So, you know, it, it, it shaped that music. And, um, so it, it's all me, but it's like, I, I've, I've, I just made this little post on Instagram and I lined up all of the different vinyl records that I have made and looking at that and listening to those songs, it's, it's, it's so interesting at this point in my career. Cause I can actually just like see this growth of a, of a person, you know, and it's like a, it's like a diary or something, you know, but so it's all me. Um, and then, you know, none of it has been, oh, I don't want to make music like the music I made before. That has never been a thing at all. I just want to make music that I think is good and I think is cool. And that's kind of it. Like it's never been a conscious, like it must be different than Houndmouth. In fact, there's songs that are very similar to Houndmouth that I have put out because I love that music that we made together. So, you know, that's my long answer. <laughs> yeah. well, and I don't think they need to be mutually exclusive. You know, it's like Neil Young. You expect Neil Young, oh, it's time he does a, you know, a, a plugged in crazy horse album and he comes out with this fine acoustic thing. You know, it's about time he does something acoustic again. And then he has the most unhinged, you know, electric album uh, ever. David Geffen sued him for not sounding like Neil Young uh, at one point in the 80s when he uh, signed into the label. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you're free to to do 
you know, whatever you want. And I think that's neat that you embrace that, that freedom. Oh yeah. I mean, I love it. I mean, I would never trade, trade that freedom for anything in the world. And, um, you know, and, and it's like, it's like, exactly. I think people are at this point, they're probably like, okay, her next album's going to be like in the direction of little heart. But like on my mind right now, I'm like, I think I'm, I might make an acoustic album of covers, you know, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'll do. It's just what I feel like doing. And that is just the best way to live, you know? Yeah. I think this uh, question is a, um, a window to the soul. I love asking this question because the answers I get sometimes. Um, tell me about your first guitar. I'm assuming guitar is your first instrument. It is. Well, it's right there. I can grab it for you. Um, it, my my dad's a, a guitarist. And so he was always playing in the house. And um, I picked up guitar kind of late. You know, I was 17 or 18. And I said to my dad, I said, I don't want to go to college. Like I always hated school. Like I, I hated kindergarten. And um, I said, but I can, I know I can sing. And if I have some lessons and I take this really seriously, I will, you know, I know I'll do, I'll do well at it. And so he's like, okay, I'll teach you to play guitar. So my first guitar is kind of nice, like a lot nicer than I feel like most people's first guitars, but I didn't know anything about it. And I got it cause it was shiny and it's, um, I'll show you, can I show it to you? Absolutely. Please. Okay. Hang on. Okay. So it's beat, it's beat up at this point in time, but it's a Taylor acoustic and it's got this kind of strange small body. It's a beautiful sounding guitar. It's got Koa yeah. on the back. Um, yeah. so it's much prettier. I feel like than most people's first guitars. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's just this beautiful sounding guitar. Uh, and I, I still, I still tour with it all the time. That's awesome. Well, I show you my first acoustic guitar. It's just a, it's a piece of junk. I used it to prop the door open. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to start. Well, I had a dad that played guitar, so I wasn't probably allowed to have something that was <laughs> crappy. Because <laughs> he probably uh, wanted it. Uh, once again, you're going to perform for us in, in just a minute. I can't uh, wait for that. But um, uh wanted to, to just touch on this. Uh, 21 years ago today, uh, by the way, I quit smoking. It was the hardest thing I ever did. Um, and no alcohol for me since uh, February, since I got uh, diagnosed with uh, a cancer, uh, unrelated thing. Don't want to make this about me, but I, but I just wanted to point out that even with a good reason to quit, <laughs> it's a mental challenge. Uh, you are four years sober this month? Four years sober. That's right. June 2nd. And as far as cigarettes go, I did the jewel thing for a year, a couple years, and I smoked cigarettes, did the jewel and then just quit in February. So it is hard. That was the hardest thing to kick. So you already kicked that one. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's pretty fantastic. That uh, You have to be um, uh, proud of, of that as, a, as an achievement. And I only bring it up because you've been vocal about it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think that's, uh, that's pretty amazing uh, to make that change and to barely let it hiccup your, uh, your life's dreams your 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 the pursuits well you know it was it actually got to the it just got to the place for me where it was the other way around where i realized if i keep living like this i'm not gonna be able to pursue my dreams you know it was it was going to get in the way and and it was getting in the way and um when i was you know touring and stuff with the bands it was you know it was every night and it was just a constant it was a constant party and um i would get off the road and like not realize that other people don't live like this. Like, and so, and then when I made the decision, okay, like I'm not going to live like this and then realized I can't stop. 
um, that's when I got really kind of scared, but it took me years and years of like, it took me like, by the time I got to LA was when I was like, Oh, I can't, I can't stop doing this, you know? And that scared me enough to, to do all of the things I needed to do to actually stop. So, but it's been the best thing that I've ever done. I mean, I feel amazing. Um, I just am the person I say I'm going to be. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's relationship with that stuff is so different. Like some people, like I was functional for a while, but like, eventually it was not functional. And some people are just functional all the time. And some people just, it never occurs to them to even drink. And so, you know, everybody's relationship is different. And, um, but for me, it's been the best thing. It's been the best thing in the world. I've heard, um, people say about, uh, uh, John Prine, um, uh, that he is the same on, or was the same on stage as, as he was off. And that was his advice um, to, to people is always be the same person, uh, you know, whether you're, whether you're performing or you're, you know, just being, uh, having a conversation with someone, you, you strike me as, as that kind of person, the person that I feel like we get, we're getting the genuine article, uh, all the time with you. I, I think, I think so. I mean, I think it's, it's, I'm becoming more and more that way. And I don't, I don't know if it's like an age thing, but, um, I definitely am a performer, you know, and I definitely like have these other energies that I sort of like connect with when I'm playing a show. Um, but as far as like conversing with people and even talking with my fans, like I'll get on Instagram live and just chat with my fans. I'm like pretty honest at this point about like what's going on. And, you know, like I'll talk to my fans about the music industry and like, the crap that I, I see all the time in it. And, you know, people like that and people, I think, appreciate honesty like that. And, um, I don't know, I can't help it. So <laughs> what do you think you'd be doing right now if music wasn't, uh, something you could do for a living? Well, I've actually, um, I decided when I left the band, that I didn't want to have, I never wanted to have all of my eggs in one basket ever again. Um, because that was, that transition was so hard, um, because my whole identity was wrapped up and self-worth was wrapped up in that. And so, uh, I actually have branched out quite a bit. Um, it, this year I actually am, I'm officially a professional screenwriter. Um, I'm writing for a Bollywood director right now. Wow. Um, and so I, and, and then I'm interested in acting to it and well, you know, there's not been much I could really do with that because of COVID, but there's just other, like just anything creative or producing other people's music or writing for other people. Um, those are all things that I've been sort of pursuing on the side. So I, um, even if I stopped touring and stopped making my own music, I would probably be in something creative. Um, I'm also like one of those weird people that can do the creative and then I can do the business. So like I can do both sides of it. So there's also another world in which I just like did like entrepreneurial stuff and like started businesses and because I, I enjoy that quite a bit. Um, the, the hustle. I, I'm a hustler. Okay. <laughs> I enjoy the hustle. The truth comes out. <laughs> uh, well, it's been a joy talking to you. Once again, I want to tell people about the album is coming out on uh, July 9th. They can pre-order it now. Where, where can they go to pre-order? Just anywhere they go to the So everything I do and everything I put out is through me. Um, there's no label and there's no distributor, uh, physical distributor. It's just me, the And, um, you can pre-order it on vinyl or CD. It's also on iTunes for pre-order or you can stream it. Um, 
here on July 9th. 9th. July 9th. <laughs> July 9th. You can stream it. So awesome. Well, congratulations on the new album. Uh, and once again, uh, she's going to perform for us. Uh, this has been brought to you by California State University, Northridge, and Saddleback College. It's an 88.5 live at home. Uh, Katie Tupin's going to do three songs for us. Uh, you're going to do um, Astronaut which you've been hearing on 88.5, also Ghost, which we mentioned earlier. And we're going to hear one from back in the, the Houndmouth days, yeah? Yes, sir. So I, I sort of stepped away from those songs for a few years and now have reincorporated them back into my repertoire. I've been playing Sedona and um, Gasoline and all these old songs at my shows, so I thought I'd play one for you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks once again for joining us today, Katie. It's been great to get to know you a little bit. Amazing. What an awesome conversation. I hope we get to hang out when I when I'm back in LA. Very yeah, you get to go out on tour finally. That's fantastic. I know, it's happening. All right, well, we'll make it a date and uh I'm going to let Katie Tupin take it away on 88.5 FM. Okay, so this is a song called Ghost and I just released this song and it's uh part of my upcoming little mini album Little Heart, which is coming out on July 9th and it, the album includes uh, Astronaut Ghost, Don't Want to Die, which are all released, and then two more songs that are not released. And um, I'm very, very proud of this song in particular. Uh, this is one of, one, maybe my favorite song I've ever recorded. It's the first song I've ever recorded that has string arrangements on it. So there's all these string parts, which are really cool. And uh, I wrote this song with Josh Blue and Scott Davis, who I made Magnetic Moves with, uh, my solo album. And I wrote it while I was on the drum kit. And then Josh, who's the drummer, was on the keyboard. So the keyboard part is so interesting because I feel like only a drummer would come up with that weird music boxy thing. And then, um, you know, I have a really simple bouncy drums. And then Scott was writing this, these weird like circusy riffs. I don't, I don't even know how I'd describe them. And then uh, Laura Epling, who came in you know, much later when we recorded it, wrote the, the quartet parts for that kind of emulated that um, part that Scott wrote on the guitar, the do-do-do-do. Anyways, uh, so anyway, I'm super proud of this song. I wrote recorded it with uh, Jeremy Ferguson in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Jeremy is most known for doing the Cage of the Elephant stuff. He won a Grammy uh, for, for doing that, which is well-deserved because he is just a genius. And so I feel like him and only him could have built this little weird little world that is this song, Ghost. Um, but this is the acoustic stripped-down version, and this is the first time I've ever played this song on the acoustic guitar because, like I said, I wrote it on the drums. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> There's a ghost in the house And it's freaking me out I don't want to believe In things that I can't see But there's a voice in my room And you could hear it too But you're not here I can't sleep When you're not here with me And if I could Fall asleep. I dream about the days you love me. 
called Ghost, and it is currently on Spotify and all the different places right now and uh, available for pre-order on my upcoming little mini album, Little Heart. So, um, I thought I would play a old song of mine. This is, um, so I used to be in the band Houndmouth and started that band a long time ago and left about four years ago. And uh, I didn't, I didn't play my old songs for a little while. Um, but now I do incorporate them into my shows and into my set, and um, I have fallen in love with them all over again. So, you know, I do play Sedona and Gasoline and um, whatever I'm feeling um, for my live shows. So I just think it, it adds a new layer uh, to, the, to the live show because there's, uh, you know, I have two, three, three albums and three EPs to sort of pull from for my live show, which is a, a lot of, a lot of songs. Um, so this is a song I wrote, um, back in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and it's called gasoline and it's not a particularly uplifting song. Um, <laughs> I feel very different than I, than I felt when I wrote this song, but I still think it's, it's beautiful. So I thought I'd, I'd, I'd play that for you. <laughs> Oh, how you talk a big game Remember when we walked in the rain No, I am nobody's girl I just wasn't 
song called gasoline i wrote that uh for my old band Houndmouth, and um so you won't you won't be able to find that song under under my name um i've considered i thought about re-recording a few of these uh just so that so that they would be on my on my personal stuff too uh but i haven't done that yet so all right so the last song i think i'm gonna play you guys is a song called astronaut which i know has been playing on the station quite a bit so i thank you thank you thank you and um i appreciate it and i wrote this song uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic and I was at my mom's house. I thought, um, I was on the road and I, I actually, it was the day before my birthday. So my birthday was March 14th. So everything kind of stopped March 14th and I was turning 31 and, uh, we were on the road and I, I went back home and, um, I was going to go back out to LA and then, but it was like, oh, I don't really want to go all the way to California and be away from my family during all of this. So I'll just stay at my mom's for like a month that tops. Well, I ended up being at my mom's for like four months and then ended up moving here to Lexington, Kentucky, which, um, which has been interesting. And anyway, so I wrote this song in my mom's basement and I was sort of surrounded by all my nieces toys and I was staying with my mom and I felt like a kid again. And I sort of remembered that like awe and wonder that at least I had as a kid where I felt like I could do just about, I could do anything. Like I could, no matter what I wanted to do or accomplish, I could do that. And there's, um, and I think that, I think something I think about a lot, um, is, is that as I get older, the, the, the older I get, the more I just want to reconnect with who I was when I was a little kid. Um, there's the, all of our teens and twenties where we sort of like run away from that version of ourselves. And then, um, and, and we were, we were pretty smart back then actually, you know, and that innocence, 
uh, is really special. And so I think that I spend a lot of time trying to reconnect with that person. Um, so I don't know if anybody else relates to that, but that's kind of where this song came from and it's called astronaut and it's what little heart, my upcoming mini album is named after, um, which is coming out on July 9th.